Baldy with Ubaldi Reports. With me, as always, is my great co-host, Joe Bitts. Just for our listeners who are joining us for the first time, both Joe and myself serve in the Marines. Both of us are retired combat enlisted veterans of the United States Marine Corps. I did 30 years with three combat tours in Iraq and two to Afghanistan. Joe served 10 years in the Marines and he's retired. Medically, unfortunately, Joe was in Iraq and he was wounded. I'm glad that he was recovered and he's fine and safe because then he can be my co-host. Thank you, John. So let's talk about the First Amendment. The First Amendment is really under fire right now. It it has been like that ever since the, I guess you could say, the transfer of power had been going on that day, January 6th. As soon as Twitter and Facebook and whatever other groups kicked, the president off the numero uno the number one guy they silenced him and hey they went at the top and now it's just starting to trickle down and the government's now getting involved in a lot of things well when you say that there was a congresswoman i can't think of her name my favorite constitutional scholar mentioned it in a blog post she sent a letter to all the media outlets at&t verizon the tech companies yes to ban Fox News because she said they put out misinformation. So the question is, define what's misinformation. I want to go a little bit more into that. It was also conservative speech she was talking. And with Rush Limbaugh passing, it's almost, is it kind of take the head, the body follows kind of thing like that? Or I think there's going to be more conservative groups stepping into that fray. Also, okay, Rush Limbaugh was a talk radio host for many years, first coming out of Sacramento. But I think there's a void right now. It's almost maybe a good, not a great analogy, but I think it's a good analogy. When Johnny Carson retired from The Tonight Show, Mm -hmm. you had Jay Leno, you had David Letterman. There wasn't really anybody that really took the place of what Johnny Carson did. Mm -hmm. So I think right now with Rush Limbaugh's passing, there really isn't that one singular conservative voice. So I think people are looking things on the talk radio circuit and also maybe they're going into the alternative meads like podcasting, which seems to be starting in its infancy right now. And we'll see how that goes from there. For government to say, hey, all you providers here, you need to start limiting access to certain things. And that's going to start getting scary because I just say this podcast, as great as it is, they could say, oh, we don't like this podcast because they have these certain views. And then we are on a lot of platforms. We're on uh, iHeart. We're on on Twitter. No, we're on. Yeah, we get on Twitter, Facebook. We're on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher. Oh, and if they just, if one of us, you know, just say something that one of them don't agree with, we're done. And but see, then that's the problem. And we had a an attorney. We were talking about Section Two Thirty of the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission section. What are you, a a platform or a a publisher? If you're a publisher, you have certain obligations and you can be sued as a publisher, like most news articles, that you have to provide factual information. And if you're a platform, that means all voices, all speech must be heard. You can't limit it. You can't fact check it. And the one constitutional scholar who said that was not Jonathan Turley. Victor David Hansen? It was Alan Dershowitz. He's the professor emeritus of the Harvard Law School. He said you can't be both. You're either a platform, which all speech has to be heard, whether you agree with it or not, 
or you're a publisher. If you're a publisher, you can be sued like news organizations are. They can't put print defamation of character. They can't put misleading information because they can be sued, which are the tech companies. Okay, you make a good point. But how come media isn't more reactive to this because it's going to affect them? Do they just think because they're following along with the, the democratic narrative is that, oh, we're safe. They're not going to hurt us. They're, nothing's going to happen to us. But eventually, just like the New York Post, when that whole uh, Hunter Biden thing got uh, squashed, all the other news sources should have been like, whoa. They should have taken a step back and said, hey, this could happen to us if the wrong person is in that seat. It did happen to the media. In 2011-2012, Eric Holder, who was then the Attorney General for Barack Obama, he signed a document surveilling Fox News' James Rosen and the Associated Press. And he's when he was asked in a congressional hearing, did you sign off on this? He said no. Three days later, a letter comes out. With his name on Only because, it, well, hold on, but the only reason why the media was, is because it was Fox News. And, well, but, and, yeah, but the Associated Press is not Fox News. So now the question is, fast forward to today, look at the stories that, or the issues that came out in the last year or so. Forget Donald Trump for a moment. Look at how Ron DeSantis was treated by the media. He was vilified and Andrew Cuomo was um, hailed as a hero. Glorified. Last, last May, I wrote an article about the his policies toward the nursing homes. And what I said was he was using the guidance by the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. All the Center of Disease Control said if you put somebody who has COVID or COVID-like symptoms in the nursing home, they must have the ability to self-isolate doesn't mean I'm in a room with somebody else who doesn't have it, but they're six, 20 feet away. That's not self-isolating. Yeah. And the nursing homes fought back. But nobody challenged him on that. Look at Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. He has emergency declarational powers, just like Andrew Cuomo has. He makes these edicts by himself. Mm -hmm. He doesn't go through the legislature. He doesn't go through any kind of hearing. He decides when and where we're going to shut down and what is, when and where we're going to open. But where's the media coverage now? Or look how the media covered Brett Kavanaugh compared to the woman who accused Andrew Cuomo of sexual harassment. Yeah. Far different. And the media is playing that one off. Okay, that might have happened. Any sexual advances from someone that's higher to someone that's lower is sexual harassment, yet they're not taking it as seriously as, well, like you said, as Kavanaugh. And then. What, sorry to interrupt. What about Tara Reid? Remember last spring, she accused Joe Biden of sexual assault. The media went 30 days before they even acknowledged it. Yeah. And it didn't even come close to the coverage that Kavanaugh went through when Tara Reid knew Joe Biden, Christine Blasey Ford. There was no indication they even met. So let's maybe talk about how this administration's looking. And it's like driving that car you thought was good to go. Okay. So I, I think a good used car analogy would be good for this because they sold us all these bells and whistles about this new presidency, this new administration. Oh, look at this. We have a woman of color as our vice president. Joe Biden's, I've been here before. I will handle COVID the same way I handled just the same way the previous administration did. I'll come here and I'll run it my way. But then it seems as we're driving further down that road and it's only been a month 
But the farther we, the more we're seeing stuff falling out and falling off this administration. Cuomo was once considered to be the attorney general for Biden. And now that all this is coming out and you're talking about this guy that not only won an Emmy for, you know, briefing New York every day, but also patted himself on the back for doing such a great job, even wrote a book about it. And it turned out, no, he was actually doing a real crappy job. That's where the independence of the media, the yeah. First Amendment, the free, spe- the free press, the free press is fundamental to a democracy, fundamental to our republic. Now, when it comes to the media, there's one gentleman I always like to reference, and it's not Jonathan Turley. Is it Victor David Hansen? It's not Victor David Hansen. It's Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Okay, okay, hold on. Before you finish, okay, this is the first time I'm hearing Alexander Solzhenitsyn, okay? So, yes, you always refer to him. Go on. Alexander Solzhenitsyn was a Russian dissident. Oh, no, you did mention him. He served in the Russian army during World War II. He was placed in the gulag, okay, which is their prison system for undesirables or people the enemy of the state. He finally gets exiled in the mid-70s, and he came to the United States, and he spoke at Harvard University in 1978. Long article. And he just went at it with different groups because the West would want to accommodate then the Soviet Union. When he comes to the media and he goes, you say you're the watchdog against the government. Who holds you when you misinterpret something? or you fail to report something, or you twist something to fit your narrative, what do you do? You pat yourself on the back, and you go your merry little way, and you get away with it. So maybe we can talk a little bit about McCarthyism. And I don't think we've ever mentioned it. No, we haven't. No, but McCarthyism was when, and this is my understanding, and then you correct me because you're the fact guy, is that they were accusing people of Russia or people that were Russian or people of Russian descent of being Russian spies and then rounding them up and sending them back to Russia. You no, know? they were. Joe McCarthy was a senator from Wisconsin. Okay. He was just a no nonsense, not really effective legislator, but he was accusing everybody of being a communist okay. because we thought the war was over. We can go back to peace. And then Russia got the atomic bomb. It looks like they got it through the Rosenbergs. And he was accusing everybody. Then China fell into the Soviet orbit or became communist. And who lost China? He accused George Marshall, the Army Chief of Staff from 1939 to 1945, of being a communist sympathizer. They accused with no evidence, nothing to back it up. So look where we're at right now. If you're a conservative... You must be racist. If you're a conservative, you must be a traitor. Hmm. So you have congressional leaders, Nancy Pelosi, you have Chuck Schumer, you have this female congressional representative saying we got to ban Fox News. Even Joe Biden has gotten involved in this. We got to limit this. We're going to have all these different things to limit the free speech. And as many people said, free speech is not protected for speech that's popular. You have to protect free speech of the un popular opinions and what we're seeing is if you have a different viewpoint you need to be attacked you need to be ridiculed like with trump i'm leaving the the office there were some individuals saying anybody that worked or supported donald trump should be banned from any business boards whatever it is they need to be ostracized so is this is what we're about as americans it shouldn't be we were supposed to have all this unity as soon as biden came in but it doesn't seem like we're getting close. It even seems like we're getting maybe a little bit farther oh, away. We're getting further and further away. When you're debating 
free speech. What this congressional woman said that we need to listen, ban Fox News because of misinformation. Where was the animus of her during the Russian collusion narrative? Two news organizations, the Washington Post and the New York Times, both got Pulitzer Prize, their gold medal of journalistic prize for Russian collusion. It was all based off because of your relentless sourcing of information. When there was no sources, there was no evidence. So let's talk about Biden a little bit. Is he driving? Is he running the country, really? You know, That's a good question. I don't know if he is pulling the shots. Call your opinion then. Well, but it could be the same thing during when Barack Obama was president. When it came to the stimulus and all the Dodd-Frank, which is the financial regulatory reform, that was all written by Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid. Okay. A lot of the things, they, he just acquiesced to them. If you look at this COVID-19 stimulus plan, it's $1.9 trillion. And what you have is about a trillion dollars is non-COVID relief. Yes. We're going to museums. We've got, I think, 100 millions are going to the BART rapid transit system in the Bay Area. Another millions are going to Silicon Valley to build a tunnel. A lot of it's going to museums. It's just like some of the money won't even be spent until 2022. So before we go more into the stimulus, so I think 12 Congress persons wrote a letter to Joe Biden telling him to relinquish his control of the nuclear weapons. The nuclear launch coast yes. in the briefcase. What are they trying to do? Now, I listened to that on the media in the, in the news. One, I don't know where they're going. Do they know something, but they're not telling us why and how would that be done? So you pull the launch codes from the president. Who do you give it to? Is it done by committee? But isn't it obvious kind of or isn't it telling that maybe they don't trust Biden with the codes? Not because he's a hothead, but he's at that stage where you got this guy into office, but only because he's better than you. He's not Trump. It wasn't so much that he wasn't Trump. You got to go back to the primaries. Joe Biden did not have a stellar primary campaign. He was on the ropes until James Clyburn of South Carolina came to his rescue and said, yeah, this guy's good. He always supported the African-American. That's what won him the, that state. Yeah. He didn't do well in the debates. He wasn't like, yeah, I can't wait to vote for Joe Biden. But they didn't want Bernie Sanders to be the standard bearer because they knew his progressive policies would never make it in a general election. So what they did, and I don't have proof of this, but some scholars are saying this, that Joe Biden made a kind of like a devil's agreement with the progressives. Yeah, we talked about it before. Yeah, we won't. I think it's called a Faustian agreement or something like that. And what that means is they've signed it. He said, I won't criticize you. You won't criticize me. And you help me get elected. And as soon as I get elected, I will do your bidding. So far, I wrote another article. Is Joe Biden going to repeat history? And what I mean by that, is he going to do what Bill Clinton did and Barack Obama? When Bill Clinton won the election in 92, he first came in 93, inaugurated. He ran as a progressive. When he lost the Congress, both the Senate and the House, because of government overreach when it came to health care and other issues, he triangulated to the center, which saved his presidency. Barack Obama was the same thing. He came in just like Bill Clinton. He had a supermajority, even better than Bill Clinton. He had a supermajority in the House and a veto-proof majority in the Senate, and he ruled as a progressive. But when he lost the House in 2010 and the Senate in 2014, 
He didn't move to the center. He just became even more progressive. Okay. Would Biden fate the same fate? Governing as a progressive only in two years to lose both the House and the Senate. I kind of stick to this is that he's not controlling crap. That's that's a fair question that some of these people have been saying that Joe Biden, he's just a face and people behind the scenes are doing the work. Okay, now, uh, good question. I think this might be. Is this an Obama 2.0? It could be, but on steroids. Yeah. A lot of things that President Obama wanted to do, he couldn't because he lost the House and the Senate. Now, the difficulty for Joe Biden is the Democrats only have 11 House seat different in the House, and they're 50-50 in the Senate with Kamala Harris, the vice president, being the tiebreaker. So if he wants to raise taxes and do all this progressive wish list, he's going to have to get it through the suburban Democrats who won in Trump seats in 2018, and some of them were retained. And for the Senate, you got Joe Manchin from West Virginia. you got Kristen Sinema in Arizona. Are they going to go along with $15 minimum wage, Medicare for all, New Green Deal, and all the light that goes with it? So going with that, I can go back to the stimulus bill a little bit. So the sen- senators, they knocked down that a whole $15 an hour. Well, not necessarily. We don't know if it's been knocked down. We, they're, they're still trying to get Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin to go along with it. So we'll have to see. Now, the House votes... Today's Thursday. Friday, the House votes on the stimulus if it still goes through. And I want to see what about those suburban seats out in Trump districts that Democrats won. Do they go along with it? Is it still a partisan kind of voting? It's just almost like the impeachment where... No, it's definitely because Democrats are going to, in the Senate, are going to use the reconciliation, which is only used in 1974 when it passed that you can use reconciliation, very limited, but it has to be budget on budget issues. So in the Senate, they're going to go through the, the parliamentarian, which is a nonpartisan office, to decide if that meets the case. Chuck Schumer believes it does, so we'll have to see how this plays out. Anything else going on with the stimulus? There should be, what's coming to a close this fall? Right now, what's been out, we'll see how they go through. Their, this week was all the a lot of the cabinet secretaries, like, Javier Becerra, who's for the Health and Human Services, is going through a rough time on the, um, for his confirmation. We don't know if he'll, the Republicans won't vote for him, but would any Democrat say no? If that's the case, he won't make it. Okay. Going back to some of his Biden's cabinet members, there was a transgender woman. I forget her name, but she was like the assistant to like health. Um, the one who's having the biggest problem is... Oh, I can't believe her name pronounces Tandy something. But anyway, she's going to be that she would be the head of officer office of management and budget. Oh, OK. That, she's she's having the hardest time. They pulled not pulled, but they just pushed it off a little bit. See if they can get any Democrats to support because Joe Manchin said he wouldn't support her because she has come out and spoke negatively against many colleagues, both Democrats and Republicans. And he feels that she's too polarizing to be in that position when you have to build bipartisan consensus. So I don't think she'll make it. She could be the one. But then there's Javier Becerra. I don't know if any Democrats have openly said they can't support him because he still supports 
Medicare for all yeah. and some of these other radical elements. And we mentioned on last week's brief about Trump at CPAC. So uh, he went there last Sunday. What do you think he will be talking about? I think it's going on this week, this weekend. But we'll have to see. I think he's going to talk about his record. I think he's going to be critical of the Biden administration. Is he going to do I told you? Yeah, it could be. I'm not sure if he's going to bring up the how the election was stolen. But I think he's going to say, listen, this is what I told you. This is what's going to happen and happens. Yeah. You know what? I think we are with now with uh, Heroes Media Group. We would like to hear from you. If you have any comments, questions, even if you want to be a guest, if you have an opinion, whether it's similar or against. We like a little diversity as well, maybe. And we want counter arguments. So if you have any information or any, if you want to contribute to the show, please let us know. And how can you get a hold of us, John? You can get a hold of us by going to Ubaldi. Reports gmail.com that's Ubaldi Reports at gmail.com or you can go to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, type in Ubaldi Reports. If you go to Facebook, you can go to Ubaldi Reports group and you can see us there. And Joe said we would like to hear from you what you think of these podcasts, what you think of other podcasts, and most importantly, if we didn't cover a particular topic, let us know about it, whether it's foreign affairs, domestic, some you know, state issues. Let us know. We'll discuss it. If we don't know that, we'll research it and come back with you on the podcast. All right. Everybody have a good day. So keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. Until next time, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports.